Welcome back to another episode of Chappy Chats. Well, this is Easter weekend, Easter Sunday as some call it, or as I've told you before, I prefer to call it Resurrection Sunday. And there are a couple of thoughts that come to my mind uh, as we went and saw a movie called His Only Son about the life of Abraham and the sacrifice he was called to make. He was called to sacrifice his one son. And can you imagine that your God, your creator, asks you to sacrifice your son, the one that was supposed to make you the father of many nations? And yet, the one thing that struck me in that story is what I've always found striking, is when Abraham told his servants to stay behind, he said, the boy and I will go and worship, and we will return. Now, did Abraham have no doubts at all? I don't know. He was human. He probably did, but he clung to the idea that God would provide if he would just do what God asked him to do. Now, you may believe the story or may not, but um, if you believe the story, you understand that there was a lamb provided and Isaac was spared. He just wanted to know, and you could say God was being mean then because he wanted to know, did he really have faith in him? Did he really fear in the sense of respecting God and what he had called him to? And Abraham proved that he did. And so I wonder sometimes when we're facing troubles and trials, do we do the same thing? Do we trust God only so far? Would we secretly stuff a lamb in a bag and take it with us unbeknownst to anyone else, just so in case God didn't provide like we thought he would, we would be ready. That's kind of the world's idea that you have to be ready for everything, and that's kind of a mistake because God doesn't ask us to be ready for everything. He does ask us to be prepared, and he does ask us to trust in that preparation that we have made by leaning on him. So that was one thought I had as I watched that movie. And then this morning, uh, during the sermon, more during the worship service, we sang songs. And it reminded me not just of the songs that we sang, but of an old song, I'll Fly Away One Glad Morning, and we'll be on that celestial shore. And then some of the songs we sang this morning about one day we'll be taken away. And I don't want to get in a whole discussion about the rapture and when it occurs, post, mid, trib, no rapture at all. That's not my point. But my point, as I sat there and thought and God spoke to my heart, was that's all we've been doing is running to some place that is perfect, some place that has no troubles, some place that has no sorrows. And our focus has been on that. I think of all the sermons that I heard preached at funerals, you know, granny and mom and brother and sister and Uncle Joe and all of those people are in heaven now and just just hang on and they're in perfect bliss and rest. And while I believe that they are at rest and they are in the presence of God, where I'm not there. That's not where I am right now. I'm still here in the world that is full of things that are not very godly, not very moral, and sometimes not very safe. And so I can understand why the pull of 
wanting to go to that place and to be able to lay down and rest, sort of like the 23rd Psalm in green pastures beside still waters, is really appealing. But is that really what Jesus did? Now, I don't want to give him in a big, long theological discussion today about that, but let me tell you where my heart went. I thought about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in the fire, and they could worship the king, and they could get out, and they said, well, if God delivers us, okay. If he doesn't, okay. We're still going to worship him. And they stood in the fire. Daniel stood his ground, and he ended up in a lion's den. He didn't balk and fight. Uh, I'm sure he didn't run into the lion's den, but he went because he knew that God was there with him. And, you know, when we start the story of Jesus, it's that Emmanuel with us. And then we get to the end of the story of Jesus, and he says he's sending his spirit to be with us. He tells the apostles to stay in the upper room until they're endued with power from on high, and that that spirit of Christ, the living Christ, would be with them. And they were to spread the good news of Christ throughout the world, and they did. But as I thought about that, why are we always looking for something beyond? More than what God gave us. Now, I believe in eternity, and I believe in one day that God will set everything straight and Jesus will rule over the world. And even my Muslim brethren believe that Jesus will judge the world, though they don't believe that he will rule over the world. But I believe he's the one that's going to rule over the world. Yet, in the very prayer that he prayed, in teaching the disciples how to pray, there's a line that I think we miss too often, and that is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God came to bring a kingdom, a kingdom that starts within us and moves outside of us, a kingdom that is based on love and peace and joy and self-control and meekness. And you can go read it in Galatians 5 if you care to and find out that all those things are there. But yet, that's not where the world, even America, this great country I live in, we don't believe that the love and peace of Christ can do more than an army, that can do more than a navy. We believe that the only way to accomplish our goal is to put our thumb on people by the power of our military, and tell them this is what they're going to do. Rather than reaching out and trying to understand them and love them and care for them. Now, lest you think, I think the Americans are the only one to do that, you're wrong. The Chinese and their leadership want to do the same thing. The Russians and their leadership, the radical Christians want to do that to the rest of the world. The radical Muslims want to do that to the rest of the world. But the point is, we are called not to run away from this place, not to think of the by and by, but to bring the by and by to the here and now, to resurrect what God made man to be. Because when Jesus raised from the dead, he allowed people to come back to the relationship that was between man and God that began in the garden. Now, will we realize that perfectly? No, I have no doubt of that, because 
God gave us free will, and there will be always those, like at the Tower of Babel and in other instances, that want their own way. They don't want anyone to tell them what to do. They don't want to believe that there's any power outside of themselves. We know that by everything that happens in society today because everybody says, you can't tell me what to do. But I'm not wanting to tell you what to do. I'm simply suggesting that, especially for Christians, if you'll begin to think about the fact of rather than running to something, why don't you bring that something to your sphere of influence in the now? I think that's the greatest gift that the resurrection gave us, apart from the fact that it took care of death spiritually, even though we die physically. We don't have to worry about that. Jesus once said, don't worry about the one that can kill the body. Worry about that which can kill the body and the soul. And Jesus took care of that on Resurrection Sunday. So maybe in this coming week, you'll think about the fact that quit looking for the sweet by and by and bring the sweet to your here and now. I think that's important that we think about. Can you bring what Jesus sought to bring every day to your life. That goodness, that love, that self-control, that meekness, all of those things that are listed that we as Christians call the fruit of the Spirit. Can we win, as not a biblical saying says, but you will win more flies with honey than vinegar? What's your life like? Are you a vinegar-type person or a honey-type person? blessing, protection, and favor until we meet again.